If you think your disaster recovery plan will help recover your data after a cyber attack, well, you have some work to do. I'm your host, Brian Fawcett, and this is IT Availability Now, the show that tells stories of business resilience from the people who keep the digital world available. We all know we should be protecting our data from potential cyber attacks, but equally important is preparing to recover compromised data following a successful ransomware or wiperware attack. And it's not as simple as you might think. That's why we're talking to John Beatty, Principal Consultant at SunGuard AS, about how to prepare. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Brian. So John, uh, a cyber attack can be looked at as a special type of disaster situation. But from what I understand, your traditional disaster recovery plans might not be sufficient for successfully recovering compromised data after an attack. Tell us why is that? Well, at the basic level, it's because a cyber attack simply is a different recovery case. Traditional disaster recovery plans and capabilities focus on a physical infrastructure loss. And most of the time, that's unharmed in a cyber attack situation. But recovering compromised data requires different response and recovery strategies. And if you don't recognize and plan for the differences, it'll be more difficult and time-consuming to recover your data, especially when you're under stress and under the microscope. So you said you uh, can recognize and plan for differences. What are some of the differences companies should be planning for? Well, there's actually four major differences, Brian. First, the triggering event. Disaster recovery plans focus on recovering a physical data center disruption. Your infrastructure has been compromised in some way. Your applications aren't, you know, are, are unavailable. Uh, your network you know, may be down. But data recovery, as its name implies, focuses on recovering data that has been compromised by the attack, regardless of where that data is located. Then there's the production impact. In a physical disaster, you utilize data that's been backed up into your recovery environment. In essence, you're standing up a new production environment that is either in place or readily stood up for this particular purpose. In a data recovery effort, however, you're typically uh, doing a recovery in place, meaning that the data that's stored elsewhere, once it proves to be malware-free, is brought back into your original production environment onto clean hardware. And that's hardware that's been rebuilt to ensure that it's malware-free. Disaster recovery and data recovery also focus on different data. In disaster recovery efforts, you typically use the most recently replicated or backed up data that's already in place. But if your data has been compromised in a cyber attack situation, well, your replicas are typically also compromised and potentially multiple generations of your backups have been compromised as well. So you'll be looking for the most recent malware clean data you can find, and that may actually go back days, weeks, or in some cases, even months. And finally, in a data recovery situation, you're less likely to hit your disaster recovery focused objectives. In disaster recovery, you've probably successfully been testing your plan. You've hit your RTOs and your RPOs. You have a good sense of whether you'll be able to achieve them. And you'll be able to uh, execute according to a well-defined script. But with data recovery, you need a lot more time to understand the nature of the attack, what's been impacted, what are the data synchronization points. um, And you're going to rarely meet your RTOs and the RPOs. And it's really impractical for the business to expect that. Thanks for going through those four major differences. And clearly, the data recovery is a different recovery case that, that requires a, a different approach. What do you need to do differently to successfully recover your compromised data? Well, the first thing uh, to understand is that you know every data recovery situation is going to be unique. You just can't have a cookie-cutter response as you can with typical disaster recovery. You have to probe deeper, ask additional questions before finalizing your tactical data recovery plan. 
So for example, do any production machines need to be rebuilt, replaced, and rehydrated after the cyber attack? Should you be using new servers that were never even on the network? If you were hit by a ransomware attack, uh, are you going to be paying the ransom? Will you be doing your recovery efforts uh, in parallel with negotiating uh, with, the, uh, with the bad actors who perpetrated the attack? And then there's also the challenge of keeping unimpacted production running while you're recovering the compromised data. You also have to have a handle on what to consider to be your most vital data assets. These might be different from what's considered top tier or critical in your DR plan. We often find that there is data in many organizations that is, that is very, very vital, if you will, essential to the organization, but is simply not covered by their disaster recovery program. So you'll need a plan to recover that vital data both efficiently and effectively. And in order to do that, you may need to take some, make some extra investments to improve your odds of having clean data to use for recovery purposes. So where do these considerations start? How, how can companies prepare for a cyber attack that compromises their data? Well, many organizations are very familiar with what's called the uh, you know three two one uh, recovery architecture, and we've adapted that concept into what we call three two one one. And uh, let me kind of explain what, what what that means because if you have this in place, uh, we believe that you have much better odds of being able to recover your data effectively and be able to effectively protect it. So there's really three areas of separation. That's the, where the three comes from: people, process, and technology. In terms of people, that means having separate people involved and having access to your data. So different folks have access to production than have access to the, to the backup data that you might be called upon to use. So you want to be able to protect that from a rogue employee uh, or compromised uh, credentials disrupting your, your program. Uh, for, for process, um, it's about having separate backup processes and schedules. You want that to vary. You, know, you, you don't want that to be predictable. You, want your, you don't want the bad actors being able, to being able to get in there and understand how you're doing your backups and what your schedule is. And then, of course, there's having separate backup technologies and separate backup locations. So you want to make sure that you have data um, spanning multiple locations so that you have, again, better odds of being able to find clean data when you need it. The two in the 3211 model, that refers to your recovery strategies. You need a data recovery strategy uh, to back up and restore data, and you also need uh, specific strategies that are more focused on recovering applications like you do in, the, your, in your DR program. So data recovery and application recovery simply are two different scenarios, and you need separate strategies for each. The first one in the model, uh, in the 3211 model, refers to maintaining, uh, at minimum, one off-network immutable copy of your data. That gives you your best odds of being able to find clean data uh, at the time that you need it. Think of this as kind of a data vault, if you will, uh, where data is placed in there um, and it, it simply does not change. And uh, the ability to change it has been significantly locked down. The final one in the 3211 model means to, that you need to maintain a off-network secure environment so that you can analyze data, uh, make sure that it's clean before you repatriate it back into your production environment. It's very, very important that we've seen many data recovery efforts fail because corrupted data, if you will, compromised data is once again brought back into the production environment because it wasn't adequately analyzed in a safe space. So in the aftermath of an attack, who executes the plan? Because you, you mentioned having a separate backup team. So who all is involved? Well, there's many different disciplines that are involved and all have to work together as a single team. Um, you know, when you need, 
need to do a, a, a you know, data recovery. And typically, there's a separate plan that's put in place by most organizations in order to make that happen effectively. And uh, it's usually responsibility usually lies with your disaster recovery team uh, to manage those efforts, but of course, well supported by your information security specialists, uh, because those are the folks that are responsible for verifying that candidate data that's targeted for repatriation is clean. And they want you want them to advise you on how best to ensure that the hardware and, and is malware free as well. You also need your infrastructure and your operations teams involved uh, because they need to make sure that they can uh, recover the most clean backups, validate restore points, uh, and make sure that the um, uh, all the data that needs to be synchronized is synchronized before you you know start up your production environment again. And the business continuity team is also very important in this process. Um, they have to have strategies in place in case you experience an extended outage uh, as you recover the data, or if you're going to permanently lose more data than the RPOs allow. The business needs to be ready for their most vital data. They need to be ready to, to be able to deal with that loss. Thanks for going through you know, the backup team. Really, really helpful. Obviously, each group has a different focus. So what's your advice for uh, getting them all working together as one? Well, just like in disaster recovery, it's important to test. And it's important to test the various scenarios uh, that could potentially, you know, compromise your data so that everyone, you know, develops that muscle memory, if you will, for how to respond, you know, quickly and efficiently by also verifying that it's possible to recover data uh, and to identify clean data using all the capabilities that you have in place. Data loss or corruption is many companies' worst nightmare, but with the right precautions and, and the right strategies, you should be able to recover. Recognizing the difference between compromised data recovery and traditional disaster recovery use cases is the first step to ensuring you're prepared to recover from a variety of cyber attacks, from ransomware situations to malware corrupting data. By implementing the 3211 data recovery architecture, preparing various teams within the organization who will need to respond, and consistently and regularly testing your plan, you'll be much better positioned to recover compromised data following attack. John, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Brian. It was great to be here. John Beatty is Principal Consultant at SunGuard AS. You can find the show notes for this episode at sunguardas.com slash IT availability now. Please subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice to get new episodes as soon as they are available. IT Availability Now is a production of SunGuard Availability Services. I'm your host, Brian Fawcett. And until next time, stay available.